Welcome to the Music of America podcast, where every week we visit a different state in America and meet a different guest in the music industry. Every day, Monday through Friday, we begin in Alabama and we end in Wyoming. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Let's talk music here on the Music of America. The Music of America podcast continues. Good Monday, good Monday, good Monday. We are in Nevada, and for whatever reason, we seem locked in on Reno all almost all this week. We kicked the week off in Nevada with a lot of guests from Reno. Our first up is Jason Pearl. We're going to listen to a few of his songs and talk to him and Kat, his cohort, in a moment. But first, I want to talk about Octave Mandolins. Joe Mendel's signature piece of art, the Octave Mandolin. It gives you that sweet tone somewhere between a mandolin and a guitar has that mandolin punch while it also delivers a sustain and range of a guitar he builds them to your specifications you may prefer like an adirondack top versus the sitka or maybe black walnut mahogany rosewood maple whatever you select the wood you select the style and joe will make it for you your very own octave mandolin all in part flavor to their own to the tone i call them mendel's mandos he calls them the Octave Mandolin. Available at joemendelsfrets.com. www.joemendelsfrets.com. Happy New Year and welcome to Nevada. Isn't it odd, Jason Pearl, our guest today, that out of all these responses all over and, and so much talent in Reno and Vegas and almost the whole week is dedicated to people from Reno. Oh, they call us the shitty little Vegas, but we're the better we're the better end of the uh, musical uh, platform for Nevada. Oh, what did I hear? Aren't you guys <laughs> the the best little town or what? What is it? Biggest the, little city. Yeah, biggest, biggest little, little city. city. I love that. I love that. <laughs> never been. Never been. Been to Vegas oh, twice. Vegas twice. Reno nuns. <laughs> nuns. That's it's, a new word. Uh, I just invented that. <laughs> it's nothing like Vegas. It's way more laid back. But uh, that's what somebody else told me too. But it's really nice. Later this week, we're going to hear a, a solo instrumentalist, and he was telling me the same thing. I interviewed him earlier, and he was telling me the same thing. It's like, it's such a cool, cool place to play music because everybody is connected or not connected. If they're not connected, they're still supportive. And I oh, love yeah. that. I love that about the that aspect of this industry. Has that worked for you? Oh, yeah. And I, I come from a punk rock background where that deal yourself is everything, you know, and uh when I switched over to singer songwriting, everybody from all the genres, rock, country, you know, folk, Americana, everybody's just like, yeah, come play with us. Come play with us. It's so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. And now you consider yourself country. I I do. Yeah. It's like country rockabilly. Yeah. It's because uh, I have a lot of like rockabilly songs too, mm -hmm. but I mean, it's all the same. I feel like rockabilly is just punk rock country. It's, it was, I, I was going to say that, like, Rockabilly was punk rock to country 40 years ago, oh, yeah, 50 totally. years ago, you know, like, yeah. get those guys out of here, Johnny Paycheck, Johnny Cash, had those, and I guess yeah. if your name was Johnny, you were automatically a punk rocker, right? Oh, yeah. <laughs> but all the the outlaws, man, that was uh, them, and, and even to an extent, I mean, it was kind of crossover stuff for, like, Chuck Berry did a lot of Rockabilly kind of stuff, oh, yeah. you know? I think that rock, or Chuck Berry's rhythm is the backbone of rock and roll man i think he, you're right he is insane i mean all his songs are very similar but you got to give that guy credit where credit is due yeah i mean really there's nobody i think can, can, can there's nobody i think that could dispute that with you because it's so dead on accurate yeah uh now to your right my left because this is audio so it's going to sound like it's to your right and not your left <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's a young lady named Kat, and she's one of your uh, entourage. Is that accurate, or is she the entourage? Yeah, she's she's worked her way into being my background singer. For uh, she's listened to me practice for so many years now that she knows the songs, and she she matches my voice perfectly. So uh -huh. now she sings with me every chance we get. Well, we yeah. get to hear her in one of the songs here a little later on. Uh, yeah. How did you meet? A match. Oh no, kidding! We're an no internet kidding. success story. Yeah. yeah, four years ago we met. Yeah, yeah. So were you a performer, Cat? Was... Were you performing too? Or no, were you more of a I, fan? I was a race official for horse racing for 21 years, and I retired from that. 
And then I came out with a skincare line called Tahoe Miracle. So I was on the road doing shows. Wow. And so then I decided to get on match and I met Jason and he thought that I wanted to meet him because he was a rocker. But uh-huh. that's- and that's <laughs> you, know, you were doing I just a- thought he was cute. <laughs> Jason, you were doing punk rock then, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've okay. been playing bass and punk rock for about 20 years. Wow. When did you get started? Like playing professionally, not playing in your basement, not picking um, up a guitar. And going... Well, in 1997, I was a band called Even Ground, which was, a, we were starting to get really good traction. Uh-huh. Um, locally? Yeah, locally. And then mm-hmm. Northern California, Arizona, Vegas, all that. Yeah. The West Coast, really. And then, uh, then I had a kid, so I had to choose music or that. And then I. Had so, a so what's the kid doing these days? <laughs> <laughs> He's living downstairs still. That's what I figured. I figured. <laughs> and then I got, then I was in a band, Last One Down, which was, we were really great too. And they're still around today. They're a great punk rock band. And, yeah. um, but then I wanted to start doing my singer songwriter because I've always written songs since I started playing guitar. And I think with getting in last one down, I finally got the nerve to go out there and share it with everybody. And man, everybody just loves everything I write. It's crazy. That's so that's, that's so frightening to me. You know, I've written music. I performed an album of music that I wrote for my girlfriend, okay, up in Vermont for her birthday. <laughs> <laughs> I had friends uh, come out that were going to help me. Uh, we're going to do a set. We run to this place for a couple hours and I was going to play my music for her and her friends. And they bailed on me. So I had to do the whole two hours by myself. Oh, and, no. and it's something about when you write a song, you're like, this is really good. This really comes from here. And I feel like I'm really saying what I want to say. Right. And then you listen to it. It's like, <laughs> have you had those moments? Have you had those moments? Oh, you're gosh. like, I'm trying to think of uh, Mike Myers' dad in So I Married a Ma- an Axe Murder would say, it's crap. It's crap. <laughs> it's crap. <laughs> I feel yeah, like I, uh, a lot of my stuff. So. <laughs> it's funny with songwriting. You know, I've probably written a thousand songs, but I only have like maybe 70, you know, uh-huh. which is good. I can go play three hours of my own original stuff and. And that I feel like is awesome. And there's a market for that too. In Reno, from what I've heard, there is a market to go out and do a, you can do an hour and a half to two hours. I mean, most of this, most of the cities I deal with when we're dealing with local musicians that do only their own music, they don't do covers 45 minutes, hour, hour 15 at the most. Yeah. That's kind of cool. You could do a three hour show, man. Well, my style's so old school sounding that I don't think, people realize that i write the songs they just feel it's that old familiar sound of the 50s 60s and 70s and some 80s but it it uh until i tell them it's all original songs Mm. they really don't have a clue when you have a show you're going to play at the dew drop in you're going to play at at the bugman harbor or whatever you know and you got a (laughs) three-hour set do you sneak in a cover here and there just to buy you some time and some breathing room so to speak uh, sometimes I know about five to 10 covers. Um, that's it. Oh yeah. I've always just learned enough to write songs. It's yeah. crazy. I've that's always amazing. been a songwriter. Yeah. I mean, I can, if I have my phone, I can, you know, right. Right. You can pop it up and here's the chords. I, I know it enough yeah. that I can strumble. Yeah. Yeah. I've done. That. But for ones that I really like, I do a good, imp- um, version of Folsom prison blues and uh, friend of the devil. Because I like songs that reference Reno too, you know. Uh huh. And um, and then I do like Magic Moment. I do some Elvis. Okay. Stuff like that. Well, it's good crowd pleaser. So you get the right, you know, the right vibe. You know, you yeah. got that style that you play, and then you pick out, and that's kind of smart, I guess. It's good marketing. You cherry pick yeah. specific songs that fit your style instead of building your style around the covers that people want to hear. That's smart. Exactly. That's really smart. I feel like those old songs too. We're allowed to make our own renditions of them. So like right. Folsom Prison Blues, I had to redo the solo to kind of do it on one guitar. Mm-hmm. So I play everything on the low end, but it, you know, it still feels like it has volume to it because it's not just a, you know, the solo like it's supposed to be played. But so I rearranged that to fit my, my needs and everybody seems to love that. And then uh, 
you know, all the other ones, I just, they're all doo-wops, all the same four yeah, chords. Yeah. It's pretty easy to play all those. You yes, know? And, yes and no, though. I watched, uh, I don't know if you ever saw this, but uh, VH1 used to have a show, and I referenced this a lot in this podcast, but uh, Daryl Hall had this show called Live at Daryl's House. Oh, I love mm-hmm. that, man. I yeah. Was and, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah. it was uh, Tommy Shaw, I think, from from Sticks. Oh, yeah. I watched that one. They were on, and he's like, well, what do we do? How do we do this? He goes, hey, hey, man, just make it your own. Just make it your own. He goes, well, what about? and that's all Daryl Hall kept saying. Just make it your own. Make it your own. And that has been a, such a breakthrough phrase for me in playing music. Like, uh, And I, st- I sit here now, and I look back at music that I play, and I'm like, well, that's not really how that was done originally, but that's how it was done by this other band, and I really dig, you know? So you're doing it your way, and I think it's I think it's brilliant that you take that that genre and your library, your collection of music is of that style, but you every once in a while throw in one of those just, just to say, this is where it came from, baby, you know? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah, we we'll do in a three hour set, we'll probably do two covers, yeah, maybe three. Well, yeah, I mean, it's three hours, and you got to do three. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I asked this but, question, uh, I say it this way too. I, if I lined up a hundred songwriters and ask, How do you write songs? I'll get 70 different responses, oh, and yeah. 30 of those that are left will give me a variation of those other 70 because oh, everybody's yeah. got their own thing. So, how do you? write what inspires you do you write music first do you write a lick first do you write a riff first do you write the lyrics first do you write a word or a phrase what do you do it, it happens i sing everything like even when we're going to the store i'll just start singing oh, yeah, i'm going to the store blah blah and then a lyric will come i'm like oh shit i gotta write that down then <laughs> sometimes i get up really early in the morning and i have my quiet time and i and i'll look at some of those words Sometimes the song will write itself right there or I'll come up mm-hmm. with a riff, but I never sit down and say, I'm going to write a song about this. Uh-huh. It just all comes out the way the song writes itself. It's, it's, it's kind of like magic. And it's no, that's so cool. We, uh, a guy was talking to him about jazz is like finding yourself. You know, when you do an improv jazz, you, you don't really find yourself. You all find each other in the song somewhere. Yeah. And you're saying like, your song kind of finds you or you find your song. It's kind of there out in wherever, and you're out there looking for it and you guys just meet somewhere and then it comes out. Magic. <laughs> oh, I lost oh, there we go. <laughs> so I said magic. It's magic. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. So uh, the first song we're going to listen to is called falling down. Yeah. Did you fall down? Did you get an owie? Did Cat have to kiss it, make a batter? <laughs> no, I, I think because um, we don't drink anymore. Yeah. And uh, this one's totally about getting drunk and, and uh, you know, falling down drunk and mm-hmm. ladies looking for you. And when she finds you, all you want to do is take her home. And she's saying no way. But uh, this one, I think it was just that opening riff that, that just country you know, two-step riff. Yeah, and, yeah. And I just started writing the lyrics. And then, it, you know, and sometimes when you're writing lyrics, it's funny, like, I don't think the intentions of that song was the way it came out. And then once you get so far into it, it just starts to make its own story up. And then you just kind of find the words to finish it up. And and then it turned out being that drunken <laughs> song, you know? And when she did the backup so i because our first song ever was if i can beat the devil she sang on and mm-hmm. she did so good i wrote that duet because i we were going to play jackson together but we just couldn't get it to where i felt like we had it yeah and so like well shoot i'll just write a duet and that's how that came <laughs> that's hilarious yeah <laughs> well i mean it's, a, it's such a signature duet to do jackson and if you don't yeah. nail it if you don't nail it then you better make it so much your own that it is all yours. If people talk about your version instead of Johnny and June's version, right? Yeah, totally. And and what came out of that was your own song. Well, you know what? Yeah. I was gonna do I was gonna do falling down, but since we're talking about that, that's that's that one's if I can beat the devil. Is that the one you're talking about? No, no, falling down's the falling down drunk one. If I can but, beat the devil with the first one she's ever sang on. That's what I'm talking about. And that's what I meant. So if that's the duet, maybe we should play that right now since we're talking no, about no, that. Fall, falling down's duet. 
Oh, I'm sorry. I thought you said if yeah. I can beat the devil was the okay. <laughs> nah, that just sparked her singing for me. Gotcha. There you go. Yeah. Well, then uh, I'm back on track. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, January's been a tough year, you know. Yeah, right. <laughs> we're, we're three days into it and I'm already yeah. struggling. <laughs> well, our guest today is Jason Pearl and Kat. Kat apparently doesn't have a last name. She just goes by Kat. And she's going to sing background on this song. The song is called Falling Down here on the Music of America podcast. Standing there, glaring as she caught my stare. She looks so pretty standing in the rain. Two sheets to the wind, yeah, I couldn't walk, I was stumbling. She stood there laughing as she said, She said, I'm trying to meet you, but you just couldn't seem to find the time. She said, I'm trying to meet ya, but you keep falling down all the time. You're helpless out there in the cold, begging for just one more, and I couldn't let you be there all alone. You'd smile and then you'd grin, tell me what a pleasure it had been. I swear you didn't even know my name. She said, I'm trying to meet ya, but you just couldn't seem to find the time. She said, I'm trying to meet ya, but you keep falling down all the time. She was there with a sexy gaze She said, are you ready to go home? I threw his arms around my neck Dragged him out in a drunken wreck And he said, you're so sexy in that dress Hey baby, baby, do you want to come back with me to my place? No way! She said, I'm trying to meet ya but you just couldn't seem to find the time She said, I'm trying to meet ya But you keep falling down all the time Yeah, you keep falling down all the time That song is called Falling Down. The Music of America podcast with Jason Pearl from Reno, Nevada and cat who remains last nameless we'll talk with the two of them and about hot rods in a moment but there's this little town in kansas called tecumseh where you'll find monkey house guitars monkey house guitars is a small made-to-order guitar shop if you can think it they can build it some of the most beautiful and handmade guitars you'll ever see meticulously designed and carefully crafted by your specifications nothing by machine hand-laid frets everything routed and sanded in the shop at monkey house guitars the multiverse guitar for example singularly one of the most innovative and interesting guitars i've ever seen being made and thank you to the videos on facebook you can actually see the multiverse being created there on the website through photos all at the hands of mike thompson who he and i will argue to the day we die he can't technically be called a luthier but to me He's a luthier. He's an amazing, amazing artisan. Now, speaking of Mike, and on a side note, we all know that cancer sucks. Well, Mike Thompson of Monkey House Guitars recently has felt the touch of what that disease can do to anyone who's had a friend or a loved one go through the rigors and the, the, the sorrows of cancer. When thinking about charities, when you're thinking about doing your benefits this year, Mike Thompson of Monkey House Guitars and the Music of America podcast are asking you, please consider a benefit or something for the American Cancer Society. And please check out Monkey House Guitars. One word, Monkey House Guitars, Tecumseh, Kansas. If you can think it, they can build it. Jason Pearl here on the Music of America podcast. And speaking of Monkey House, uh, every piece of work he does, he takes so much pride in. It's like he's creating your child for you. He's not cheap. He's not outrageously expensive, but if 
cat ever wants to get you something wonderful for your birthday, Christmas, anniversary, new CD, whatever, check this guy out, man. And check out Monkey House Guitars on Facebook. He's got a whole, this this thing called the multiverse. You can see, follow like scene by scene by scene of how this thing got built. It's really fascinating. What do you play? For? I have a, I have a, uh, two Grant Gretsch ranchers and, um, I have a red one. That is my baby. Mm-hmm. That thing writes all the songs and plays all the songs. And then as its backup, which is just a black, uh, Gretsch rancher, but I love that guitar. I've searched forever to find acoustic guitars better, but Gretsch is where it's at for me. Yeah. Is it a wide yeah. hollow body or? It's moderate? a, you got it right here. It's a jumbo. Oh, look at that. Beautiful girl. <laughs> He's, oh, look at that. He says in an yeah. audio only show. <laughs> yeah. yeah, right. <laughs> the reason if that's. You can imagine it. those red, sexy curves on her. That's right. Her, that's right. Oh, we're talking beard. about the guitar again, right? Yeah. Okay. That's right. <laughs> and she feels so good. On, uh, <laughs> on one of the logos, again, we're talking about the guitar. Keep it family, all right? <laughs> <laughs> On one of the uh, photos that we use in the Music of America podcast, you'll see this old like sepia colored ragtime band called the Alabama Serenaders. And in the middle is my grandfather playing the clarinet. He's got his clarinet pointed up to the sky, you know. And um, that's the first guitar I ever had was my grandfather's Gretsch. Oh, wow. It was an S, uh, what do they call it? S-hole? S- yeah, Apple. Yeah. You got to be real careful how you say it around people. But yeah, it had S-hole guitar and yeah. uh, a body and... And it was so old that the tuning keys had rotted away, broken away. He had vice grips on the low E so he could, because that, that's the one that always went out of tune, because that wasn't a string. It was a shoestring. Holy and crap. It was so cool. I mean, just that story alone was worth having, you know? Yeah. Uh, I don't know what era, what circuit it was, but that I, I've loved Gretsch ever since. And out of all the guitars I have, I don't have a Gretsch. Oh, man. I feel like... Electric wise, those hollow bodies are the yeah. uh, for me, you know, because you know everybody likes them different. But I have a sixty-one twenty, and that thing is amazing. I just love the feel of that. And then my acoustics, they have the same necks, so they're it's just like playing the electric guitar. Sixty-one twenty is that the Brian Stetzer, Gretsch? Same body, yeah. yeah like yeah, okay. mine's a Tennessean, so it's it's the one with the burnt G in it, and it's got all the the cactuses and, and oh, cool. Uh, yeah love it i mean i love the i've I've got a i got two prs's with the abalone birds on the bar you know oh yeah and and i played the the lesser of the two evils last night actually i was at some friend's house and i played it all i remember about it is it's really heavy (laughs) (laughs) you have a a writing guitar like one you pick up when you're writing and you go to that because that's that tone Gives you a lot yeah, of help in your inspiration. Same guitar. I have yeah. like the black one I'll I'll play sometimes, but that red one, I mean, I take it to shows. It's the first thing I take out of the case when I get home and set it up so it can tell all its other buddies how good it did at the show. And, <laughs> I mean, that guitar is my baby. He talks how many, to them. How many, yeah. How many guitars do you have? Oh gosh. A lot. Twenty at least. Yeah. Give me five. Give me five on that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you got it. It's an addiction. <laughs> well, uh, and the, bases too. Yeah, I've got three bases, and I yeah. uh, the rest of my guitars are not. And I think uh, I've got one, two 12 strings, and uh, maybe seven other acoustic guitars. And then I've got, I think, eight electric guitars. I'm, 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 I'm upwards from 20. To, I might be at 24 right now. Oh, yeah. And, know, and you know the know. joke. You know the and joke. You probably yeah. need five more. Well, that that's that's the joke. The joke is, how many guitars does a guitar player need? One more. <laughs> yeah, one more. <laughs> so, so I pulled that on a on a guest early on in the podcast. I said, "How many? You know, how many guitars?" And blah blah blah. He goes, well, "Here's one for you." He goes, uh, "What's the best guitar you've ever played?" Oh man, the last one you bought. <laughs> yeah. Well, no, this Gretsch. He loves that Gretsch. Yeah, yeah. Love that Gretsch. It sounds exactly how i want it to sound yeah. the black one it's the same guitar it's just a newer version and i set it up to where it's pretty much the same but you know how like when you have your your sound yeah it's just the littlest thing that makes that not the same so it's a backup but yeah. it's so weird when you say that because i like last night i played this prs for the first time 
first time with my mates. Okay. Mm. I've been looking for a telly for 20 years and I finally bought one eight months ago. I've played it five times. So oh, I got wow. that out last night. And those are the two guitars I played. And then, uh, Joe, uh, Joe Mendel the, from the octave mandolin guy we talked mm. about earlier, he built me, uh, an acoustic. And I brought that along. It never made it its way out of the case. Cause I, found my place with these two guitars that I've hardly ever played before. Yeah. It's so amazing to me that uh how something like that like what you were talking about the, the that one little bit of tone that one little thing that it does just really makes that that special guitar. Oh yeah. It's crazy there there are these they're not just a block of wood. It's I feel like that's your that's your gateway to the universe through your fingers and, and what you write with that. And it's cool. I, I love music. I fell in love with music when I was a kid and I never looked back. I tell me about that. Tell me about that. Tell me what was that all about you, as a kid? Well, when, when I was little, my mom never, she was never one to have music in the house. Like she had some records, but I very rarely remember them playing. And when I was about, I don't know, seven or eight, it was the eighties glam rock and Bon Jovi slippery and wet for some reason hit me like this is <laughs> music is. And, uh, and so I just, I, I knew that I wanted to play music and then it, it probably took about, I don't know, eight, 10 years. And I found a guitar and it sucked, but I would sit there and, you know, fiddle around on it and write songs or lyrics to songs. And uh, then I finally got a, a real guitar that I still have today. Mm -hmm. And uh, I learned, I taught myself how to play, play chords and stuff. And then I could, for every little thing I learned, I would write like five songs off of. Wow. And so I've always been a songwriter where I've only learned enough of other people's stuff to inspire me. And then uh, we took a family trip to Pennsylvania and we stopped by Graceland. Oh, wow. Seeing Elvis. And I always knew Elvis, but to, I don't know, some about that that just turned turned my buttons onto rockabilly. And then my uncle, he uh he just gave me a list of people to check out. Uh -huh. And then it was over. I was and now I you know, I search rockabilly bands all over the world and I'm just I just love that rebel style, but it's still kind of country, you know. Who who contemporary that's on the radio, let's say, who's out there contemporary, contemporary wise that follows like the Chet Atkins and the, uh, Brian Setzer and Stray Cat. Still. Yeah. yeah. That, that's, that's, yeah. I mean, it's still 30, still... 40 years ago now, you know, he came on the oh, scene yeah. in the eighties. Yeah. So, I mean, is there, is there anybody out now in 2020, 24? Oh, heck yeah. Um, I'm overseas mostly, but, uh, -huh. uh all the psychobilly, music is you know it's basically rockabilly with talking about ghosts and goblins and then <laughs> but there's there's uh shoot i'm on the spot but well i, I don't know the, the reason i'm asking is i don't know the music i listen to seriously the music i listen to is right here i stopped listening to the radio years ago and when uh uh iheart radio and spotify and all these other things uh, pandora came out I, thank goodness I can listen to music I can tolerate. I don't think I could name by by title and sound 10 songs that came out in the last 20 years. And it's probably an exaggeration, but you know, no, uh, I get it. I it's just it it's like to me it, it so much of today's music lacks the feel. Oh yeah. Know? And uh Well, again, back to your question. Nobody because I have to find all my stuff on Spotify and yeah. stuff. So like there's Brian Setzer is probably the only thing and they don't really, the only thing they, they really play is old stray cats or the BSO during Christmas, but like his new album, I've yet to, well, I don't listen to the radio either, but right, yeah. I've yet to hear any kind of thing except for what I search myself. You know how things go in cycles and you know, fashion goes in cycles. Like I saw blue jeans, bell bottom blue jeans out, oh, yeah. uh, you know, last, last, the last year or whatever. And I just wonder if somebody like you, with a style that's not all that familiar, if there's a place for that, I I I, I dread the day when disco makes its comeback. Oh, God, it's coming though, you know it. But it's coming because that's what happens. Yeah. Things go in cycles, and you're young enough and you're talented enough that I wonder what it would take to make that happen now with you. 
And I got this question. My brother came up with this. Um, we were talking about the podcast and stuff. You get a call from X and they say, we want you to do the soundtrack of the movie of this person. Who would that be? Or the other side of it, we want to do a movie about you. Who would you like to play you? So take either one of those. <laughs> well, the soundtrack would be any kind of, you know, it could be Carl Elvis. Perkins. Is, Carl yeah, Perkins is what, Perkin, what came to mind yeah. with me. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Even Graham Parsons, because him and Emmy Lou oh, yeah. were rad together. And that's how I feel like with us. But I mean, a person to play me in a movie would have to be Eric Stoltz because I got this awesome red hair. And he's the only one I can pull it up. <laughs> Yes, but he's, he's also like 40 years older than you, dude. So. <laughs> All right. Well, I really wanted to talk a lot about this next song because I dug it so much. I dug it so, so much because the imagery and the style, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like you got the, the rockabilly flavor, but it's also that that style, that 50s style. Like I'm picturing myself getting some brill cream and stroking my hair back with a, with a fine yeah, tooth comb, right? Idea. The song is called uh, uh, Hot Rod Girl in Disguise. Is that cat? Mm -hmm. Yep. Heck yeah. <laughs> well, I wrote it way before cat. Okay. No, that's why I was wondering. Uh, she sings on it, not on this version you got, but now since, you know, she sings live with me. Yeah. But, uh, no, that one was a rockabilly because I wanted to, you know, and my dad, he's kind of like the old, uh, the teamster guy that fixed up cars. And he was, yeah. you know, yeah. he won't tell me he was a rebel, but I know he was. And I just always, I don't know, my uncles always worked on cars. I, Rockabilly talks about that stuff. And then the chorus just kind of came to itself. And it that, I don't know, that song, that's one that wrote itself, really. That's I just so wanted cool. it about a bad girl that, because a lot of my songs are either about, Fallen in love, lost love, or hot chicks, you know, that, that are hot rod chicks or something like that. Or they're completely about ghosts and goblins and stuff. But <laughs> it's, uh, so that one was. Would you call that psychobilly? Rock. Would you call that psychobilly? <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> That's fun. Devils and highways. Yeah, devils and highways. <laughs> devils and highways. That sounds like a, like yeah, a CD says, title, doesn't it? I know. Every one of my songs has either a devil or a highway in it. <laughs> That's funny. The song is called Hot Rod Girl in Disguise with Jason Pearl from Reno, Nevada, here on the Music of America podcast. Comes in my 44. That girl's got so much style. I'm burning rubber, I'm burning hard, staring up the quarter mile. Got the pedal to the metal, and her heart's burning wild tonight. It's so easy to fall in love with everything she rocks. She's got a crooked smile, but those angel wings start to talk. Heavy on the liquor and sweet on the kiss, it's all right. I know she's got what I need, I can taste it. I know she's hella wheels, I can make it. With a killer eyes and a sexy thick thigh. Driving this man wild, wild, wild. She's a hot rod angel or a hot rod demon in disguise. I park my heart. On the wrong side of the line She's so fine I know Loving her should be a crime She's got the lips and the kiss That make me smile I know she's got what I need I can taste it I know she's hell on wheels I can make it With a killer eyes And a sexy thick Driving this man wild, wild, wild She's a hot rod angel or a hot rod demon in disguise
She's got it, and I want it She's got a spell on me She's got me in a track to be She's a real rock and roll queen Look forever, but I couldn't find Ooh, she's the devil in disguise I know she's got what I need I can taste it I know she's hell on wheels I can make it With a killer eyes And a sexy thick thigh Driving this man Wild, wild, wild She's a hot rod angel Or a hot rod demon in disguise She's a hot rod angel Or a hot rod demon in disguise Hot rod girl in disguise And that's Cat, Who is the hot rod girl in disguise And we've Heard her voice periodically. We're going to find out a little bit more about Cat too, even though she doesn't know that. Well, we're going to be talking a little bit more about Cat here in a moment. Growing up in St. Louis, the blues is such a strong influence and has been in my whole life. In fact, one of the logos we use featuring a band called the Alabama Serenaders from way back in the 30s has my grandfather right there in the middle, his clarinet pointed up to the gods. Well, the Soulard Blues Festival really showcases that deep-rooted blues heritage it's the soulard b3 festival and it's coming up in may the b3 blues festival in st louis is an outdoor concert festival held in historic soulard market when you think of blues in st louis think of oh i don't know, beale street in memphis think of rush street in chicago think of bourbon street in new orleans that's what the soulard market is to blues in st louis great blues acts uh, great blues acts music Industry workshops, they have a partnership with vendors in the Soulard area, some quirky art and music craft vendors all involved, and even some family activities like face painting and more. And it's all coming up in May, the B3 Blues Festival. Get involved if you get a chance to get to St. Louis. I think the acts are getting finalized this month, and if you still want to be a part of it, get in touch with them at SoulardB3Fest.com. It's so much fun, and blues being such a big part of St. Louis, you got to be a part of that heritage. The SoulardB3Fest.com. Our guest is Jason Pearl from Reno, Nevada, and his sidekick, Kat, and I've kind of put her on the spot, so now i got to follow through on this. Kat, you've been just so so wonderful there, letting Jason and I talk, but you're a big part of him now, right? You're yeah. a big part of his act now. And uh, so tell us a little bit how you guys, you met through Match, but how did you get together on the music level? Like, had you been singing before with other bands or what? No, I never sang before Jason. You're kidding. <laughs> yeah, no. Mm -hmm. I have a, we have a skincare product called Tahoe Miracle that we do together. We're vendors. Mm -hmm. We do, we travel around in our RV and we do shows. And uh, Jason gets to sing and we get to sell our product. So it's fun. But um, Jason, he always teases me because he says, you're always doing your nails and your hair and you listen to me sing all the time. So you know this music, so you might as well sing back up. So, okay. I think so it just it just happened. <laughs> it just yeah. happened. Had you and sung so before? Fun. Had you sung before in high school in choir or anything like that? Or? Yeah, I did sing in high school in okay. choir. Yeah. So, so you have some training choir. and some experience with this. I mean, to, to be someone like, well, you know, I, I used to slop the pegs at six in the morning, <laughs> then I'd get up and I'd have to, you know, do that. <laughs> yeah. and so was... I sing in high school in choir, and then okay. when I was growing up, my mom made me sing in church, and I I hated it. Yeah. But uh, singing with Jason is so fun. But I, I just, I love singing with him. Yeah. It, he's just makes it so fun. Her voice matches mine so well, just naturally. Well, you said that earlier, and I want to hear what that's about. What do you mean it matches you? What I don't know. Like the the tone of my voice and her, the way her voice is, they just match up so good. Like you'll, when we do, um, if I can beat the devil, you'll see it in there where she seems sings the backup vocals on the choruses, but. It's weird. It's like, I don't know. I couldn't find a better background singer. She's pretty awesome. <laughs> we have a new song out together called Crazy that's coming out that we sing together that are, you can really hear our voices. The Patsy Klein Crazy or your own version? No, not, uh, it's a love song that I, uh, wrote. I wrote probably four months ago, but um, it'll be on the next album. That'll be our first single off the next album. So it, uh, Man, people love that song. I don't know yeah. where it came from, but it's a great song. So what's uh if I can beat the devil about where'd that come from? 
this one, I think, well, you know, again, I think I came up with just that, I don't know, that rhythm of it and started singing. And, but I think it's kind of like my version of the devil went down to Georgia, except for from the, from the side that your lady died. And you know, if you can go beat the devil, you can get her back. You can get her back. Oh, that's clever. Yeah. So this yeah. is your journey. You know, you got your beer in your hand and you're, you're going to uh, kick the devil's ass. Yeah. That's so funny. Yeah. You, you brought your gun and your liquor. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> that's, that's a, that's a joke I'll share with you off mic. <laughs> it's a, it's a little Johnny joke and those, those that know the little Johnny joke circuit know exactly what I'm talking about, but uh, <laughs> that's funny. Well, uh, looks like you beat the devil cause you won. You got the girl. I did. Yeah. Amen. And that's the end. You know, the songs always got to end with you winning. So there you go. Well, Jason Pearl's our guest. It's been a lot of fun. We're going to get back to him and uh, talk a little bit more about how we can support him in a moment, but I want to get the song in. Uh, it's called if I can beat the devil. Bitches, queens, and hipster priests Selling you a dream As your headlights hit the highway Back roads, dirt roads, byways Till you find her there And she's waiting for you there Yeah, she's waiting for you there Whatever it takes to get to her You're scared but you're burning through the night Whiskey on your breath and a dame in your heart You know that it's the only way to her your baby, your girl, and she's waiting for you there, yeah, she's waiting for you there. Whatever it takes to get to her Shell. 
midnight A ghost in your shell Whatever it takes to get to her Jason Pearl here on the Music of America podcast of I Can Beat the Devil. I'm your host, Tom Pollard. Jason and Kat, can't wait to get to Reno to meet you guys and be up there. And oh, I need great. some incentives. Oh, here's my incentives. This is the segment of the show called Shameless Self-Promotion. So this oh, is where right. you tell me how we as an audience, how we as fans can support you, support your art, support your work, so that I can come see you. Because that's really, it's oh, all about me. <laughs> you don't have a website you don't have a website and a lot of people will say well just go to my website and you can get this this and this how do we get your music uh support you buy your music buy your cds buy your t-shirts your buttons or whatever you need to be supported by us your audience tell us what we do well you could go to my instagram that's probably the best way to find me it's jason pearl under slash singer songwriter i have facebook as jason pearl and you can go to Spotify and find all my music, Jason Pearl. You can find out where I'm playing on Songkick. I uh, keep that pretty well updated. And uh, YouTube, I always post my videos up there, and the albums always come out on there also. Um, Instagram's probably the best place to find me there. I do have shirts and CDs of the first two albums, but the best way to get to streaming. Um, Spotify's getting streams on Spotify is pretty new to me, so... I need to build that up a little more. My Instagram's got a lot of followers, but my Spotify doesn't. So please go there and stream some songs and uh, like them and follow me. That will help me out a lot. What do we see coming up in 2024? I'm going in the studio next Monday to record more songs. I'm um, I'm probably just going to release singles because it seems like albums are, it's easier to promote singles than albums. Really? A lot of people just, yeah, it seems like throw an album out there. People don't want to take the time to listen to the album. They just want they want their song right then and there. So if I release yeah. singles, I'm going to do that. But uh, but who knows? Around Halloween time, I'll have some of the Halloween songs that I do. I do a lot of rockabilly country, but Halloween songs. So I'm going to record some of those while I'm there. But um, that's next week's adventure, and I'll have those probably out around february sometime and there's some other news about you and cat coming up in the future as i understand it yeah i told her i was gonna marry her someday so she's very happy (laughs) yeah well you know the song someday never comes right just throwing that out there (laughs) (laughs) i was thinking more along the lines of she's gonna be featured on all of your songs or a lot of your songs going forward oh you totally got me there you made her (laughs) <laughs> yeah, she she'll probably be on most all the songs on on the new recordings. Our first single we'll, we're doing crazy. Um, if you've heard that song, I'm sure you know what a good song that is. So we're going to yeah. record that and put that out as our sing- first single, and then we'll go from there. But I'll I'm probably... really excited for you, man. I mean, this is it's it's so refreshing because I'm a big, huge, huge Brian Stetcher fan. Okay, oh, right, right. so when I got to hear your music, it was like. Actually, are you familiar with Commander Cody? Oh, yeah. When the first song I heard, when I first listened to uh, uh, Falling Down, that mm-hmm. riff, that opening riff, I immediately thought of Hot Rod Lincoln. And oh, that, yeah. Totally. You've got, didn't sound like it, but you get that same feel of it. I'm like, yeah, this guy's going to be the next Commander Cody, man. It's... Oh, man, I love, like, because being a bass player, too, I love those just that bebop bass line you could throw uh-huh. that into guitar all the time and i mean setzer does it all the time and yeah yeah you know i just love those just low bass rolls it's so nice yeah is there a solo coming up for you uh i don't think so <laughs> <laughs> i love singing with him i don't yeah. know i i love he's the singer i just yeah. love singing with him that's good i, I don't think it's y'all are just so cute too I, I sometimes <laughs> Sometimes I wish this was video because y'all are just so <laughs> cute. You know, you're, you're happy. And that's neat. That's neat to see in a couple. And it's neat to see in a, a couple that performs together. And and uh, you should go by June and Johnny just because, uh, Kat, I think you're the June of this this combination. You, you, keep, uh, you, you keep Johnny in line, right? Oh, yeah. She's the yeah. Oh, yeah. The Emmy Lou Harris. The, she's uh, the Emmy Lou Harris of the Graham yeah. Parsons. Yeah. 
Yeah, uh, we, you got to read. By the way, you got to read. You got to read a book called uh, Hotel California. It it delves into not just Graham Parsons, but that whole uh, Laurel Canyon music scene. I think I have that book. My aunt gave it to me a few years ago, and I tucked it away. There's a lot of lot yeah. of stories about Graham Parsons because how integral he was in the beginning of that whole Western yeah. Southern rock kind of flavor that moved. Yeah rock and roll from new york to the west coast really fascinating and, and there's a lot of stuff in there about about graham parsons and how emmy lou kind of rescued him you know it's really neat yeah. some really neat stories so Whatever guys it's been fun I just love him. like he's such a he was kind of a rebel in that he was like nobody else around then you know and, yeah. and he stuck to his country but it wasn't really country it was it was the new sound man he was the pioneer yeah. of the new sound yeah, With, he was so good. Without Graham Parsons, we don't have Poco. Without Graham Parsons, we don't have the Eagles. You know, we don't have oh, yeah, uh, totally. you know uh, John David Souther. There's just Jackson Brown. There's uh, the list goes on of people oh, yeah. we don't have if it wasn't for the groundbreaking that Graham Parsons did. Okay, I'm off my Graham Parsons. Well, all the Laurel Canyon people. The whole Laurel Canyon I mean, that people. Was, yeah, that was the '70s music right there. You betcha, man. Yeah, so it, cool. it really was. Jason, thank you so much. Kat, thank you. Welcome aboard. Thank uh, you, you, are, you, you are both cursed now as being part of the family. <laughs> Jason Pearl, our guest here today on the Music of America podcast. Join us up next tomorrow. We stay in Reno. A gentleman I talked about earlier in my podcast here, our interview with Jason, a guy named Gary Norman. He's an instrumentalist. I don't want to call him a jazz musician. I don't want to call him a, I don't want to call him anything. He kind of defines his, his own music style for you. Join us tomorrow here on the Music of America podcast. You've been listening to the Music of America podcast. If you like today's show, please go to the website at www.musicofamericapod.com or our Music of America podcast Facebook page. Like us and follow the show and episodes. We tally the votes of all our shows, and the most listened to shows will be rebroadcast on our best of shows at the end of the season. I look forward to having you with us again and listening to the Music of America.